and a little bit more than two weeks to go until the first ball is bowled in BBL Supercoach, which means it's time to reveal our updated teams. The Big Horse and I are going to talk you through all the changes we've made in the last fortnight, the reasons behind them, the latest news and more. Let's do it. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, g'day guys and welcome back to the Insight BBL show. I am the Supercoach Brain and you can find me on X at SC underscore Brain. And the big horse, as always, is with me. Mate, team previews are done. How, uh, yeah. how are you feeling about your team? Uh, feeling a lot better than what I was coming after the first initial team preview and getting a little bit of a grilling from the social media demons out there. But after the research that we've done, getting really into it, We've sort of we had a bit of a chat behind the scenes. Our teams have ended up a little bit similar, haven't they? Yeah, I think it's always the way, isn't it? Like mm. we talk a lot, obviously, off the podcast as well as on it, and uh, you you kind of talk yourself into picks. Um, okay. But we've also talked ourselves out of a few, haven't we? Uh, absolutely, yeah. For well, for example, Nessa, for both of us, I think I can speak on your behalf as well with this one. He's still not in our squad come round one, but that may change depending on what happens with the PMs 11, but word is that they're looking for as strong a possible side as they can put together for the PMs 11 as a potential, what would you call it, um, audition for the test side and the test summer? Yeah, with um, David Warner obviously announcing this will be his last series against Pakistan, I think there's a, there's the opening spot up for grabs, so that kind of rules out guys like Matt Renshaw. He's going to be in the running. He might be with the test squad the whole time. Cam Bancroft also is a is a front runner with the form that he's been in. So yeah. it, it does make it tough, doesn't it? And obviously, Michael Nisa, if, if there's any plan for either Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins to rest... You got the two guys there in Nisa if they want a guy that can hold a stick, and you've also got Scotty Boland. So I, I, there's every chance that he might be missing for the first three games for the Heat in the rounds. So yeah, it's slim pickings now for the Brisbane Heat, isn't it? It's starting to get pretty tough to find some value out of there. I mean, initially we had four players from the Heat in our team. Some people had five. I'm barely scraping three now. Yeah, I've still got. Was it one, two, three, four? I'm rocking with five, but. Purely because of the triple game week, and I, I feel as though my five Brisbane Heat players are going to be predominant players within their side. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys, make sure to hit subscribe, hit like if you like the content as well. We would appreciate that. Um, and if you are listening to us on audio, if it's Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, you can just hit the little follow button. Leave us a review if you want as well, if you like the stuff. And uh, join the Unlimited group if you haven't yet. Uh, it's 482267, or the link is in the description below. And uh, just click on the link and you can join that group. It's unlimited and it's free, which is the best part. We're going to be giving away a Supercoach Champions Ring as well to go with it for the winner of the league. And some weekly prizes courtesy of our friends at the Standard Squeeze Mick. Awesome blokes. Rip a bunch of blokes and they've been right behind us since day one and continue to do God's work helping out the community. Absolutely. Now, um, speaking of the Standard Squeeze, now this isn't a normal plug for the standard squeeze. We all know, and I'm sure we've been bombarded with Good Friday sales, haven't we? Uh, unless I have. Maybe I subscribe to too many things. But uh, they're giving away a 50% off Good Friday sale, the boys over at the standard squeeze. So you don't even have to use Insight 15. You can just go on their website on Friday. This is going to drop a couple of days before that. We are recording on the Monday evening. So this will be probably with you on Wednesday. Now, just wait for their deal. You can get everything 50% off for their Good Friday sale. So uh, 
yeah, in, enjoy that. It'll be auto-coded as well on the website. And we'll definitely remind everybody when we get a bit closer because they've done some awesome stuff for us, some awesome stuff for the Supercoach community. And uh, why not take advantage of half price off everything on their store? So uh, thanks to the Standard Squeeze for, for supporting us. You can get little four-in-ones here as we've got. You can get the combo packs as well. You've got the merch. We're wearing the hats. They've got shirts, jumpers, you name it. They've got it. So you can get it at half price off for their Good Friday sale. Now, Absolutely. Mick, we're, we're, uh, we're going to reveal our teams. We're going to talk about where we're at right now. And mine's changed a little bit since our first reveal. And so it should, really. We've dived in pretty deep and we've looked at all the teams now. How many changes are you looking at in comparison to the team that you revealed right at the start? Yeah, I've made a lot. I've made a lot. But I think as we draw closer to the start, what is it, just a bit over two weeks away, I believe it is, I'm starting to get fairly settled in on my side. We're going to load up on double game week players to start off with and try and make some coin early on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a fine balancing act, isn't it, between cash gen and, and making sure you get the points on the board. But there, there's so many good options this year, isn't there? Like you, looking at anything under 120K, you probably consider a bargain really for, for what you're going to get from guys like Philippi from... Uh, you know, you've got Joe Clark kind of around that 139 that we've we've both looked at. Um, people are talking about Mick Sweeney. Zam Billings is nice and cheap. Adam Zamp is actually really cheap for what he's yeah. done. So, like, there's so many really good options around that mid-price range and some really good cheapies as well that are probably going to sit on our benches to get, get started. So, mate, well, we may as well just start with my team uh, and we'll talk through picks here. Uh, for everybody that's watching us on YouTube, you'll be able to see those on the screen there and we'll go through wicket keepers first into batsmen and then finish with bowlers and then the big horse will share his team as well. Uh, for those of you that are listening on audio, I'll do my best to try and narrate it as best as possible. But if, if you are finding an episode to watch on YouTube, this will be the one so you can actually see how the team looks and how it's shaping up. Now, I've got, I, I did have Josh Philippi at the start, Mick, at, in, in my batsman slot, but uh, I've moved him up to wicketkeeper and I've, I've actually taken out Sam Billings. Now, the reason for this more so is because Billings, I originally thought he was going to bat at three, but I'm actually pretty convinced now that he probably slides one and bats at four with McSweeney at three. So okay. for me, I, I think I just want to maximize the top order batsman in my lineup as much as possible. You know, with that, the higher they bat, the more opportunity they're going to get. So I've, uh, I've gone with Philippi at my starting wicketkeeper slot. Now, I put something on um, on X the other day around Philippi's average at the SCG. Now, they, they, the Sydney Sixers play the three of the first four games over at the G, and mm -hmm. uh, he averages 57 there, and he averages 65 against the Renegades, which is by far and away his best average against the, against the team, and they play the Renegades in game one. So everything, all the stars are aligning for Philippi, uh, at the moment, and I think I'm just going to back him in. I know there's a few people fading him, but I'm just going to back him in. What are your thoughts on Philippi? How are you going to run with it? I'm 100% with you. He's starting on the field or on the ground for me. Um, proof's in the pudding. You threw the stats out there on X. Numbers are, are there for everyone to see. Why not? If he's got a specific form against a specific side, just roll with it. Yeah, I think so. And look, you know, you can reevaluate because the Sixers do start on a double, but then they work into some singles, don't they? So it's, uh, you know, they, they start red hot, but then they fade pretty quickly. So we might be able to make some short cash out of Philippi and then we can move him on uh, and look at some other really good options because there are some good wicketkeeper options this year. Now, um, I did have Ben McDermott as my bench wicketkeeper and I've changed that to Sam Whiteman. 
Now, purely because I'm saving 25 grand from McDermott to Whiteman, he's only 62K, I think it is, so which is wild, super cheap for a guy that's going to be opening the batting for Perth. I'm pretty certain that that's going to happen, isn't it? Um, you would imagine so. Yeah, he's almost the perfect loop for round four and five as well. So I'm not just thinking about my starting team. I'm thinking about the first few rounds. How Are you doing something similar with Whiteman? Yep, 100%. I'm with you on that. He's, for me, he's a lock to start. Oh, sorry, to open the batting there at Perth. He's not so much of a big brute of a man, but he's more of a technically gifted kind of batsman type operator, gets a ball through the gaps, accumulates his runs. If he gets going, could be massive points for us. Yeah, and when you've got someone that cheap that's opening the batting, you kind of get a bit of a free swing, don't you? Like, it's not basement price. 42K is the cheapest you can get for a player in Supercoach this year, but I'll tell you what, 62K isn't isn't uh, that far off. So yeah, uh, he could there. be 100 and. 120, 130K and before we know it, you know, if he starts off with a couple of scores. And then you've got him as your bench loop wicketkeeper in round four and five. And we'll probably talk a little bit about how to loop in, in BBL Supercoach in a future episode. But having a guy as a wicketkeeper that's not going to play that you can use as a, a bit of a free loop when Perth have the double buy back-to-back in round four and five is incredibly valuable. And there just really isn't any wicketkeepers standing out at the moment that aren't going to play. It looks like they're all going to get a gig. So... He seems like to be the guy, I think. Now, I've seen – we've both seen people with Sam Harper in their team for that reason because the Melbourne Stars have the buy in round two. What are your thoughts on Harper? Are you tempted at all by having that loop available in round two or is he a bit expensive? Not at all. No, I'm not rolling with him. He's too expensive. Why have Harper when you could have someone like Fraser McGurk where you could save 60K and pump that into another player who's going to be more beneficial for your side? Yeah, for sure. I think we need to remember or keep in mind that this year it is a very condensed schedule, isn't it? I think, was it mm-hmm. like 15 or 16 rounds last year for BBL Supercoach and we've got nine this year? Yeah. yeah, it's almost half, isn't it? Yeah, pretty close to it. So you you do need to prioritize cash gen. I don't know whether this year we can afford to have a ton of players that don't play. I think we need to make cash and we need to make it pretty aggressively to start. So that's my reasoning behind going with these two guys. Now, um, we can move into my batsmen very quickly. Now, we've obviously got Tom Curran. Now, I've pretty much had Tom Curran in from my first draft. He's been there the whole time. And for me, Tom Curran is a, a bit of an obvious choice. And I want to shout out Ben from Honeyball. He's doing some awesome stuff at the moment. Uh, all of his BBL Supercoach content's top shelf. And um, he's basically put together the Supercoach points from the 100 tournament in England, um, which is pretty cool. So absolutely go and check his stuff out. Um, now, so Tom Curran, based on these stats that Honeyball have put up, he is the highest scoring super coach player in the hundred competition and 109.8 super coach points per game from Tom Curran in the hundred. That is fucking wild. That is insane. And you know, obviously he's playing a pretty big role over there, but the, the closest, second closest player is Chris Jordan, who will be with the Hobart Hurricanes this year with 85.2. So he is 25 points better in Supercoach than any other player uh, in the 100 competition. So for me, form is really important, and we're going to talk about that, and I'm sure you've definitely considered a lot of that in your team when you're picking it in different kind of domestic mm-hmm. formats. Um, there's a few guys that are in some cracking form at the moment, so you've got to ride that, I think, and consider it. Yeah, you do. 
Uh, you brought up on a previous podcast as well, Tom Curran and his ability to score points here in Australia. I think he averaged just shy of 80 points when he was here, was it two years ago, two or three years ago, and did a really good job and looks as though he's in the same form as what he was then and looks primed to uh, continue that on in Australia this year. Yeah, there were concerns, injury concerns for Tom Curran, I think, initially. But, um, you know, he he did uh, pull out of a T20 tournament, I think, before the 100. Um, but yep. it looks like he's got some games under his belt now, which is great. So I feel a bit more better about picking him now, knowing that he's going to have a fantastic role at the Sixers as well. Definitely going to bowl, could even bowl death. Um, great death bowler and probably either bat six or seven for uh, for the Sydney Sixers. So, yeah, beautiful role. I'm picking him. 180K, that's, that's fine. And dual position, which is even better. So... Speaking of dual position, my boy Aaron Hardy. He's been in and out of my team. How, how are you playing with Hardy? Is he in your team at the moment? He was out. He's made his way back in after – did he score a 90? It was 99. He didn't quite get 100. Yeah. Did he? And he took a three for Still. not long ago. So, yeah, he's, he's made his way back in. There was concerns. I think it was a quad injury or something like that that he was that he was carrying. But he's had a, a few games under his belt now. Yeah, you're right. The 99 in the Shield match recently, he did get um, cleaned up a little bit by Ben Menenti in the last Shield game. Um, I think Menenti got him in both innings for 20 or 30 odd. But it was a runner ball. He still did look good, and I'm really excited about the fact that he's bowling. Um, yeah. it, you know, he's bowled in nearly every game that he's played so far, which was my concern because he didn't really bowl much because of that injury that he had last BBL. And he's still top scored. So yep. give the man the ball. Give him three overs, please, from a super coach perspective. Lock him Absolutely. In. And let him just juice it up. That's that's yep. very appealing, isn't it? It is. It's nice. And, and he's a quality player. And he obviously is going to play that Mitch Marsh role again. And he'll do it beautifully like he did last year. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about him. Now, we've got Colin Munro is my third bat. Now, Colin Munro... On- on the triple game week, will likely open the batting uh, with Renshaw being probably in the PM's 11. I mean, the, the squad itself hasn't been confirmed, but they've basically come out and said that Bancroft and Renshaw are the guys that are going to be competing for David Warner's opening spot, essentially. So um, I'd, I'd say we can be pretty confident that Colin Munro will, will be opening the batting. The only question is, if his team goes deep into that Abu Dhabi T10 tournament, we might see him miss the first game or something. So then I'll, we can adjust. The, uh, the Brisbane Heat, I actually didn't check this, but we probably should have a look. Brisbane Heat, do they play the first game of the of the round? Because Yes, I think it is. They do. They play the Stars on the Thursday mm-hmm. night. So on the Thursday night. That's perfect. Yep. That's perfect. Now, and, and this is another thing we'll look at a lot, is the order of the, the teams that are playing in each round, because that will influence mm-hmm. your loops. That'll influence your pre-trades. Um, yep. Now, obviously, all your Brisbane Heat players are going to lock out, but your Brisbane Heat ones are the ones with the most question marks around them, aren't they? So they are. you can yeah. make some last-minute little changes um, when we see the the toss and the lineups an hour before. So it, it would be a lot more difficult to navigate if, say, Brisbane were playing on the Saturday and four teams that had already played on the Thursday and Friday and that you'd be limited into who you could trade in, at least this way. Yep. They're the first team that's going to play. If you know he's not playing, if you know he's not going to be there till round two, you can adjust your team accordingly. 100%. And look, to be honest, if Munro isn't there in game one, I'll probably just go straight to Billings. And, you know, I, I still get the triple game week uh, player from the Heat. Yep. I, I get a quality player. Billings probably bats three instead of four and McSweeney opens or one of 
maybe Billings opens. Who knows? But um, we're going to know the lineup and we're going to see how that plays out very early on. So we can make some last minute adjustments, which we will do a lot throughout the season, won't we? Because, you know, those last minute trades with about half an hour left to go and the toss goes and the, you see who's batting or bowling first and what the weather's like, what the pitcher's like, what the lineup's like, who's in and out. Yep. That's when you're making your last minute trades. 100%. If you want to keep up to date with that, uh, make sure you follow myself or The Brain on X or link into our Discord where we'll be navigating and detailing everything that we're doing. 100%. Absolutely. Now, Joe Clark is my next one. He's a wicketkeeper jewel. Um, and I wanted to have that extra wicketkeeper in my batsman slot. He's the only one that I have now. Um, but I, I do like having the flexibility to be able to shuffle your wicketkeeper up or, or wicketkeeper onto the bench um, if, if needed. So that having the dual flexibility is important for me. And, um, you know, you spoke a lot about Joe Clark and how good he was at the stars in, in recent podcasts. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about him still. Um, I don't – he might open, he might bat three. But th- those are the only two things I can see happening for the Renegades. Uh, I think he's going to play a really big role there. He might, And he won't keep with Quinton de Kock in the team. But I don't think he needs to keep to be really relevant this year. What more can I say? You've nailed it. That that's it. Now um, Nathan McSweeney is the my fifth bat. Um, initially, this was Sam Billings, and I just thought, you know what? I think McSweeney probably gets the number three spot, uh, and Billings bats four. Now McSweeney has been in some incredible form as well. He's had four fifties and two hundreds in domestic cricket, including a forty nine and a forty eight. So the blacks seen them like beach balls. Um, so this is a more of a pick that's been influenced by form in domestic cricket, and um, he's played a really big role for uh, South Australia in in their domestic cricket um, in in both formats. So I'm liking what I'm seeing, and there's every chance he could potentially slot, come up the order, and and uh, you know if he's going to see. A position at three. He's a he's a good little punt, and I've actually got the VC yes. on him at the moment, and I, I might even keep it there. Um, just having a bit of a free swing on a triple game week guy, and if McSweeney comes out in game one and just belts seventy or forty balls or something crazy, I might even be able to VC loop um, in game after game one, and, and just back McSweeney in with two more digs under his belt for the rest of the week. Fantastic idea. He's one of the form players of the uh, competition so far, isn't he? He's been. Unbelievable with bat in hand. A lot of people are talking about him and his potential to go large in the BBL as well. So for me, like yourself, he's a bit of a no-brainer. I'd really like to see him perform and perform at a high level. For sure, for sure. And the form says it. Let's just hope he doesn't cool off into the BBL. Like, you know, it happens every year, doesn't yeah. it? I feel like it fucking happens to me every year. Uh, I go, yep, this guy's in form of his life, and then he comes in and stinks to join up when I pick him. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Now, um, my two bench guys, I've got Jake Fraser-McGurk. I'm, I'm still a little bit unsure about whether this ends up being him or not. Um, I'm, I'm basically looking for a 60-odd K bat, essentially. Um, now, it could be him. It could be maybe Darcy Short. Who knows? I, I kind of want to use Darcy Short as an, a trade-in option in round two on Adelaide's double, which is why I'm not starting with him because I, I might use Darcy Short as a way to free up cash and get off one of my Brisbane Heat players after they have their triple. Because their schedule is pretty ordinary from uh, after round one, isn't it? It dies right off, doesn't it? Yeah. You, it's basically a mad scramble for points in round one with Brisbane Heat players. And then yeah, it's like a desert, isn't it? It's quite barren. Yeah. yeah. You basically get off most of them. But then, look, they've got the buy in round three. So you might want to keep one or two just so you've got a loop option. Um, and a non-player that you can go and, you know, have a crack at a VC loophole. Or you can, you know, 
use your emergency to get some extra points, um, which we'll talk about soon. If you don't know what we're talking about there, we'll explain that in depth a little bit closer to the season starting because it can be quite complex. Um, but yeah, Jake Fraser McGurkley's form hasn't been amazing, but when you're, when you're looking at what he's done in the past, we all saw the hundred and the, the record breaking hundred off 29 balls or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent is there. The guy's a beast. Um, he just hasn't found many runs recently. I think he's top scored of 37 in his last 10 digs or something like that after he got that 100. So uh, he has cooled off a little bit, but I'm really hoping that maybe people don't look at him. Because um, yeah. if, he, if he gets named for the Renegades and he bats top three, which is every chance, we just drop the Renegades pod. But I'm, I'm really unsure now about whether Sean Marsh gets picked up top or whether they back in Fraser McGurk and shove Joe Clark up into open. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's more likely than not likely to happen. Where's Marsh going to bat then? I don't think he plays. He hasn't actually played any cricket, so he's um he's been injured and and hasn't yep. played any cricket. So he's going to have to have a really rapid ramp up in the next two and a half weeks uh, to actually even get into this side. So I don't know. I don't know. But you uh, so- they'd be trying to do everything they can to get this guy in. Siddle and Marsh, they're more your insurance players and depth players? I think so. I think so. Um, look, when Sean Marsh is fit and healthy and has a couple of games under his belt, sure, they'll probably look at him bringing him in, but he just hasn't played any cricket. So it's, it's hard when you when the bloke is more injury prone than me. I've done torn both of my hamstrings within a four-week period when I was back playing indoor cricket. And um, <laughs> he seems to do them more than me, mate. So the poor bloke's just injury prone. So it's it's tough to even it's a risk picking him, isn't it? And and he's getting on in age. They've got a lot of experience in this lineup with guys like Finch. Maddinson hasn't played much cricket either. So there there could be a couple of spots that open up there and give Fraser McGurk some opportunity. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. And I've just got the emergency on him for week one. And if he goes ballistic in his first game, I can then with my second batsman dual position loop, uh, Nikhil Chowdhury is unlikely to play in round one. But my thinking is he's 42K basement price. Probably won't play. Probably might get some games later on, but he's a really good loophole. Probably the perfect loophole player to start with. Um, and I can shove Nikhil Chowdhury in. I can move Aaron Hardy down into my bowlers. And then I can bench one of my bowlers, which could potentially... Actually, I'm not quite sure who it'll be yet. But um, that'll then give me the loop option to use Fraser McGurk's points on field. So it's a bit of a tricky one, but I think um, I think Fraser McGurk's a nice little free swing there if you have the emergency on him on your bench. So that is uh, my thinking with my wicket keepers and my batsmen, and then I'll move through to my bowlers very quickly, mate, and then you can get your team up on the screen. Yeah, cool. I've got the captaincy on Sean Abbott for round one. Okay. Thoughts there? I've got the vice on him. Yeah, okay. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we're similar thinking, isn't it? It's The guy's a gun. Mm-hmm. He's going to bowl death. He's going to probably bat seven or eight. He can swing the bat. He does a really good job. And also, I think that's one thing that's underrated that I actually dug up today when I was looking at uh, notes for this pod. So he took 16 wickets. We know he takes wickets. We know he bowls death. He's got great opportunity. But did you know that he takes a catch in 66% of the games he plays? Wow. No, I didn't. Nice. No, I was looking. uh, So this was in BBL 12 last year. He took a catch in 66% of the games. So for me, and, and second innings, it ramped up to 83%. So, you know, when batter, it shows that he's in good fielding position. You know, he's probably deep mid on, deep mid off. The guy's got a rocket arm, so they put him in really prime spots on the field. And when batsmen are really having a crack late, uh, he's in really good spots to take deep, uh, deep catches. So 
Um, yeah, definitely something to consider. One of the best, like we mentioned in the Sixers pod, one of the best fast bowling fielders in the competition, I think, this year. So um, he's a lock for me. I'm, I'm very comfortable and confident, and I think it's a safe captaincy option having having Sab. Um, you, you're much more risky taking a guy, even on a triple for Brisbane Heat. I don't feel comfortable unless it was Michael Nisa. If he's playing, yep. Yeah, that's right. If he's not, it's irrelevant. Now, um, I've got Adam Zamper. I'm going to back Zamps in. Um, I've explained this a lot in the Renegades pod. It only dropped recently, so I don't want to go too much into depth, but he's just coming off a, a record-beating World Cup as a spinner. Mm-hmm. So 23 wickets he took in the World Cup, and um, he beat Murley, I think it was. Murley in 2007 was, yes. took 22 wickets in the World Cup there. So, mate, the form's there. Yeah, it is, and we'll um, talk about why I haven't picked him when we go into I'm the big horses team. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and we do need a point of difference, don't we? We do. So uh, I like it. I like it. And look, he didn't have a great year last year in BBL. He was actually quite subpar in comparison to what we expected of him. So I don't mind fading him, uh, especially coming off a big World Cup. He bowled a lot of overs. He's played a lot of cricket. So maybe they look at resting him. Maybe they don't play him as much. They've got Majib there as the spinner. So maybe they use him, but who knows? Um now, the obvious picks here are Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis. I don't really know whether I need to explain them too much. I won't even talk about Maxwell. I don't think there's much point. Um, just get him in your fucking team. Just do it. Yeah. Now, yep. Stoinis is an interesting one. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% confident on him. How do you feel about Stoinis? Because I don't know I'm if he's going to bowl. Yeah, I'm the same as you. He's, um, he's probably the one that could potentially make his way out of my team. The only reason why he hasn't yet is because you know how dangerous he can get. Like he just needs to see one out of the middle and then it's happily ever after for the season. So that's what's saving him at the moment. But his World Cup form has been pretty shitty, ass. Yeah, hasn't been good, has it? And um, does does taking Zamper away from the Melbourne Stars just put Storm into a bit of, um, you know, bromance depression where he can't just hang out with his boy all day? Um, well, we're watching the uh, World Cup celebrations early this morning, congratulations, Australia, by the way, and there was no bromance between Stoinis and Zampa. They walked past each other a couple of times and there was just nothing. No handshake. Filing for divorce. What's going on there? uh, Shook everyone's hand but them. They did not shake hands, which is weird. I don't want to come up with any sort of conspiracy, so we'll leave leave it. But, yeah, concerns. We'll leave leave that to Dr. Phil. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Or uh, my wife's watching Married at Sight, Married at First Sight UK at the moment, which is thrilling television. Um, wow. So yeah, I don't need to talk about any more of that garbage. I hear enough of it in the background on the can't, TV. Can't wait to not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah. Uh, if he ba- if he opens the batting, I'll say this: if Stoinis opens the batting, because they're playing the star, they're playing the Brisbane Heat in Game One, so we'll get a really nice early look at the Stars guys too. So if Stoin yeah. is batting four. And I see that they name five real frontline bowlers in their team. I might fade him. He he probably might be a guy that I just don't start with, and I go elsewhere. So mm-hmm. it'll be a close watch in uh, game one. And I've got Matty Kuhneman, the first spinning option for the Brisbane Heat, and probably the f- Brisbane Heat player maybe that I'm most confident is going to actually play all three games. Um, you know, we talked about Paul Walter. He's another option. He's not in my team at the moment, but I'm watching him very closely because he could be interesting. But it just seems like the Brisbane Heat are going to be decimated by this PM's 11 game. I'm actually really concerned that we're going to have no options from the Brisbane Heat and we're going to be clutching at straws. 
it's starting to feel a little bit that way. Uh, they, they've still got some predominant players that are going to play a big role in their side and score well. But when we're talking about big frontline players who are very super coach relevant, who are going to be missing due to PM's 11, it sort of makes it a bit dicey for the rest of the year after round one, doesn't it? Yeah, there are one. it's a one-week rental. Um, so, yeah. yeah, look and look, uh, I'd probably just advise like we did in the Brisbane Heat pod that do not reach for a player from the Brisbane Heat that you wouldn't like to pick and have on a double or a single. Um, I, I think you've got to look at these guys and go, look, yeah, two of them can be great. That's that's fine. You can just basically trade both out straight afterwards. But you've got to look at some of these guys as a hold at least for a couple of weeks up until they buy. So Kuhneman is a guy I can hold. More than happy to hold. Just chuck him on the bench when they're on the single. Use him as a, a bowler loop when they're on the buy in round three. And um, I reckon he, you know, we're, we're looking and, and we're talking a lot about Swepson. Uh, he's still the frontline spinner, Kuhneman. He'll still bowl his four overs and he'll bowl them really economically as well. There's a good chance he might get the economy rate bonus more often than not, I think. And he probably bowls 12 overs in the first round. So mm-hmm. that's that's where my thoughts are with him. Now, my bench very quickly is Rashid Khan. Now, Rashid Khan, 130K player on the bench is a bit questionable. It's a lot of cash to hold on your bench if you're not going to really use them or play them. But the reason I've got him there is because I really want him for his double. And I want to use Darcy Short up in the bowlers, uh, sorry, up in the batsman, to free up a lot of cash because there's every fucking chance I'm going to need to spend up big to try and get Matt Short in my team for their round two double. And I want to have the ability to be able to get Matt Short in for their double um, because I... I don't want to run without him if he goes big in, in game one. That could be scary. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Rashid Khan can lock in there. And they've got Tanvir Sanger. Nice little cheap option. Sydney, they're, they're on the single for three games in a row, but they do have a double in round four. So um, I, I do like him as a player, and I think I'm not I'm not really ever going to have to use him or play him on field. So he can be a purely a cash generator for me. I could easily go with a 42K cheapy bowler there and just free up cash to use elsewhere and use a loop there. But... I, I am wary of the fact that the season has been shortened. So my thinking there is I just need to prioritize cash gen, and I think he could be a guy that makes some good cash. So, um, And also, he didn't play a game in the World Cup, but imagine getting to spend as a young fella, getting to spend that whole World Cup in India around that squad, how much confidence he's going to come back with. Absolutely. That's kind of exciting. He had the best seat in the house, didn't he? Absolutely. So like, that is my team. Now, um, Hopefully I've explained it well enough for people. Uh, and look, it, this will change. Guaranteed it'll change. It'll change. And we'll do a final team reveal uh, on the live episode where we're going to answer a lot of questions when we get closer to the season. But um, we'll keep you up to date in our Discord. So jump in the Discord. The link is in the description below as well on this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll keep you up to date when our, with our team and our thoughts on, on when things change and why they change. So, Mate, very quickly before we throw over to your team, we, uh, yeah. we should give Ryan a shout-out from Astute Newstead. Now, you know, Ryan's done a fantastic job, and we've both worked with him personally and, and can definitely get your home loan or residential home loan sorted. So if you are in the market to buy or potentially you are looking to refinance with everything going on in the world, you can definitely hit Ryan up, Ryan Astute Newstead on Instagram or RyanHatchetEganWealth.com. Uh, you can get a no-obligation-free consult as well. So if you mention us, he'll look 
after you for free. It won't cost you a thing. And you can just have a chat with him about your situation. So Ryan's done a fantastic job and he works with a lot of lenders, over 50 lenders, and he does the hard work for you, the heavy lifting. It was a really stress-free process for me. I just wanted him to look after it. I didn't want to have to renegotiate with the banks or talk to the guys at all. He did it all for me and, and got me an awesome rate. And I know you've worked with him yourself as well, Mick. Yeah, couldn't speak highly enough of him. Just gave him the numbers and he did the rest and it didn't cost me a cent. Fantastic. And I was saying on a previous pod, the uh, AFL pod that we dropped only a couple of days ago, that this year alone has probably saved me close to $8,000 in interest. So very worthwhile. How good is that? That's awesome. Mm. And, um, mate, you're, you're gearing up already for a really big AFL season. Do you want to tell everybody about what's going to be happening in AFL? There is lots going on with the AFL Fantasy Sports Podcast. So myself, Filthy IFS, Jake Skidmore, and the man who lifts 7-Elevens for a living with LDU, Herbie, he is back in the hot seat with us. So the trio of us will be a bit like BBL, going through players, teams, uh, individual analysis before round one, and hopefully being able to bring home the bacon and the 50 grand this year. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. A, uh, mm. I'm going to be relying on you guys heavily because I know next to fuck all about AFL. So, uh, Ollie Wines, round one. Is that the go? Two, two, two. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Hey, yeah. let's, uh, let's throw over to your team here. We've let's got that one up on the screen, mate. And um, there are a few similarities, but there are some changes in here yeah. too. Yeah, there is. So, same with Nath. I've gone Philippe and Whiteman to... Uh, be my starting keepers, Philippe, on the field. We know about his average at the SCG and how well he plays against the Renegades. So he's in. Uh, Whiteman, 62K on the bench. He's not a big hitter. He's more of an accumulator. But if he's playing alongside someone opening the batting at Perth who's going to launch and he's just going to be that stabiliser for the innings, why not? It's going to make me coin. Um, and he's got that batsman dual position status as well alongside Philippe and... Joe Clark, who I've got with my batsman. Yeah, nice. Uh, who, it's it's tricky to know at the moment who's going to open with Whiteman, isn't it? Because Zach Crawley's mm. been called up, hasn't he, for um, yeah. for England? Mm. Yeah, I am not sure. I Yeah, me neither. Yeah, don't know. I think um, a lot of teams as well before – sorry, mate. Uh, a lot of teams also still have a signing or two and a roster spot. To, to fill mm -hmm. so you know obviously we'll update everybody as they come through but um yeah these squads aren't complete the team previews were done based on shorter squads so it'll be interesting yep. to see because they've, they've got to get an opening bat in don't they uh they, they left they lost bancroft they have to yep. get someone to bat with whitey mm -hmm. and if you look at bancroft's gone mitch march isn't going to play Crawley's not going to play there's three top order batsmen that aren't going to be there they they need one and in a hurry yeah, um, for, sure. for my batsman, I'm just going to run through this really quickly because it is very similar. Tom Curran, his numbers in England speak for themselves, how well he's been going. Uh, Colin Munro, one of my favourite players to watch. Joe Clark, do yourselves a favour, favor, ladies and gentlemen. Go back and watch his highlights from last year. He's one of the cleanest hitters of the ball. He's fantastic with bat in hand. McSweeney, one of the form players of the Australian circuit this season. And the Stoin, here's where something may change for me, and I'll get into my bowlers in a minute, but Stoin may make his way out for me. And then we've got Jack Fraser McGurk on my bench alongside Jack Edwards. So Jack Edwards is some someone that you don't have, but I really like the fact that he's going to bat. He's been bowling well. I feel like they may give him a bowl as well. And at 62K mm. right now, he's in my side. But as you'll see, I don't really have a solid loop option at the moment for round one. So 
That is TBA. Yeah, nice. I, lo- I like Jack Edwards, man. That's a really nice option. Yeah. Um, with my bowlers, again, we're, we're pretty similar. Sean Abbott with the VC and Hardy with the C. It really excites me to see Hardy bowling. You you touched on it before that Hardy was one of the top scoring uh, players in Supercoach last year and bowled next to fuck all. The fact mm-hmm. that he's bowling now, and we know that he is quite a good bowler, moves the ball off the deck quite well. There's, geez, if he bowls his three or four overs, takes a couple of wickets, don't really care even about his economy rate, and he bats as well as what he has in the past. There's mega points there. That's like Matt Short type territory with him. Yeah, so, I honestly would not be surprised if he top scored in Supercoach if he gets a bowl, like for yeah. the season. Yep. So for me, that's uh, I'm with you. I'm a bit cold, I guess, on the consistency of Brisbane players in round one, given their limited availability, PM's 11 injury and all that sort of jazz. Uh, a point of difference for us or for me versus your side here is I've actually picked up Ur-Raman. So the reason why I've done that is because Zampa, yes, he is the leading wicket taker in the World Cup. He's going to come home. I feel like players are going to play quite defensive against Zampa, knock around the ones and twos, keep rotating strike, not try and go too large, and then try and attack from the other end where I believe Ur-Raman will be bowling from. And therefore, yeah, he might go for more runs, but he, there's more of a chance for more wickets as well. So from a pod point of view, I see real value here with him and that players are just going to try and tack his end a lot more. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, hey, I can't argue with that logic. I think Zampa bowls a – he doesn't bowl a traditional leg spinning like he doesn't bowl like a traditional leggy, does he? He bowls them quick. No. Um, he looks for the slider more than the big turning leg spinner. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're right. He he's quite a defensive leggy in a way. Um, so Majib, uh, he could even bowl in the power play. There's every chance he could. He's done it last year as well. So if he's bowling in the power play and the batsmen are looking to get after him and maximize the two in the ring, he's every chance mm-hmm. of getting through a couple. So, I'll, yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, it's a good little point of difference. I think you've just got to probably have an exit strategy once the Renegades uh, schedule kind of lightens up after round three. That's right. So, with the next four, very similar. Maxwell, Kuhneman, Rashid Khan, I've sung his praises all um, season so far. I, I really do believe he's the best bowler, or one of the best bowlers, sorry, in the BBL. And a pot of mine, so... My thinking, if I've got one move left, is that I'm going to move on Stoinis. I'll mm-hmm. move Maxwell into the batters. Wildermuth will come into the bowlers. And then I'm going to save the coin to bring in Matt Short in round two. So I don't have to throw around too many moving parts. That'll allow me to have approximately, what have I got sitting there, 40,000. Yeah, I'll have close to, if I bring in Chowdhury, for example, who's 40-something K, I'll have 100-and-something thousand sitting there, which will make it a lot easier to bring in a short for round two. But I really like Wildermuth. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's, his bowling's been really good. He's been making runs in Sheffield Shield. BBL we know is different, but like you can see that he can score to run a ball when he wants to there as well. He's able to play defense. He's, he's able to play attacking. A couple of years ago, before he did his knee, he was up um, priced around 160000 I see that sort of form back in his game at the moment, and I think, again, he's a bit of a point of difference here. 
Oh yeah, the wilderness pick I've been playing around with a little bit. He um I mean the triple game week's nice. Um does he does he play all three? I don't know, but he's actually a, a sneakily good bat. So, yeah. you know, he might bat eight. Um, depending on how decimated this Brisbane Heat team is, he could even bat seven. And yeah. um you wouldn't you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't guess or you wouldn't kind of shy away from taking a guy that's gonna bowl his four overs and likely bowl death and uh also you know, take on some uh, takes on some late order hitting. Um, so I like it, and yeah, I, I like the, having the backup plan on Stoinis as well. So it'd be, that, that's a close watch for me too. So uh, mm. the the bailout strategy could be well in play there. You know, a guy that I didn't mention in my team that I'm really or two guys, you're very high on, uh, or you like Steckity as well as a bit of a pod. I, I like that from you. Do you want to talk through Steckity and what your thoughts are on him because he's not in your team at the moment? Does he is he does he get a and look in maybe a bit closer. I want to, but I'm really happy with the way my team's lining up at the moment. And I feel like he he's cheap. He's only just a tick over a hundred thousand, I believe. Oh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong there, but a bit under, I think. I think. I'm get, okay. I think I'm gonna get the same value out of Wildermouth than what I am Steckity. Um yep. Just looking at Wildermuth's last four at bats, 20, 21, 40, and 17. And then he's mm. taken two far, three far, a couple of two fars, another three far. So he's taken wickets as well. So he can do it from yeah, both sides it. and ball. Yeah. Um, I like it. Steckity, maybe, but I'll probably be carrying too many bowler-only options then. I want to try and keep as many bowl or bowl bat slash wicketkeeper bats in my team as I can just for that flexibility. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, he's not in my team either, but I, I do like him. I like what he can bring. Um, he'll get the death overs, I think, at mm-hmm. uh, the Melbourne Stars. But yeah, he's he's not in my team at the moment. But definitely a close watch for their double game round in round three. Um, another guy that I actually probably will be my first player that I bring in if I end up maybe bailing on Stoinis. I might even spend up and go with uh, my boy, the Chief, Will Sutherland. I mean, he's actually, he's been doing incredibly well recently. Like he's playing, he's in some good form. He's taking wickets. He's scoring runs in shield cricket. Um, Last year he was fantastic. I think he's 150 odd K. So I'd I'd have to spend up a little bit more to get him. Or maybe I just go from Joe Clark straight to Will Sutherland so I can have an extra dual position player in my, um, my bat bowl. The only problem is then I don't have a dual wicketkeeper bat if I take out Joe Clark. So, but Will Sutherland is a guy that I'm looking at very closely and um, could very easily come into my team in the next fortnight. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, Will Sutherland at 158K. I really like him. I got him as a rookie last year, and he played the full season with me. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. I'd like to, but I can't. Uh, Steckity's at 118K as well, so a bit more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's tough when you're spending up on guys like Hardy, Curran, Abbott, you know, if Nisa gets miraculously picked at the last minute and doesn't play PM's 11, you need him in your team. Um, and mm. then you've got guys like Jai Richardson you're going to have to pay up for. Matt Short, potentially some people, most people are paying up for. He's like 34% owned, which is insane yeah. for the price. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lot of kind of premium options that I would prefer over Sutherland. And I'd probably call him a premium option at 160K. So it's I a lot of money so, to yeah. spend. Although the draw early on is very far, favorable, sorry, for the Renegades. So yeah, okay. Well, the, yeah, because they, they've got the five first, games, don't they, in three rounds? They, they've got seven games, I think it is, in five rounds. Yeah, one of the, 
I think they've got the most amount of games in the first five rounds, which includes their round two bye. Yep, yep. So hard to argue against Renegades players. I've got three at the moment, Fraser McGurk, Clark, and Zampa. So I, I kind of don't want to start exceeding that three number from one team. Otherwise, you're probably going to yep. see a couple of guys fail or, or whatever um, when you're stacking that many players in a team. So that's um, right. But I will uh, no doubt change my team another ten times in between now and now and uh, next week or the week okay. after. We've got seventeen days, I think, is at point of recording until our uh, first balls bolt. So I'm excited about that. So um, there's probably going to be another team reveal quick... episode coming up before we start round one. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, we will. We will do another little bit of a team reveal. Maybe a bit of a shorter one, purely because we we might even just reveal it on the live, um, which we'll do a day or two out. Um, you know, before the season starts. So people can jump on. We're going to go live once a round to wrap up the previous round and preview the next one. Have a look, talk about our trades, our captains, what we're doing with our teams as well. So you can definitely uh, hop on the live and ask all of your questions. We answer every single question that comes in too. So we're looking forward to going live and getting stuck into that stuff. Very, uh, very quickly, mate, we'll give a shout out to Bonus Bank. Um, they're Australia's number one matched betting site. And lucky enough, we can get you a bit of a discount there to get started. You don't even have to spend anything. It's free to join. You can go to bonusbank.com.au, make your first account. You can actually make your first 75 bucks for free, which is pretty cool. Uh, and for less than 2 bucks a day, if you want to upgrade to their premium, you get to learn a ton and do a ton of different courses as well around how to take advantage of match, bet, or match deposits uh, and, and different bonus bets and, and strategies and promos. So they teach you all about that. So use the code INSIGHT and you can get 25% off your first month of any premium subscription as well. So you can go and check those guys out and we thank them for their support as well. Mate, any final words on uh, team thoughts or what's uh, what's coming in the in the coming weeks on Insight for uh, for BBL content? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered off pretty well. Um, I don't see my team changing too much now from here till round one or the start of round one. So we'll keep a tab on what I do change and what I don't change. And we've also got the community team that we're going to run out this year as well. So for those of you that want to get involved in that, please down below in the comments. We've got our Discord link. Please click on that, jump in, BBL, and then you'll get your say as to who's in and who's out of our community team. If we end up winning money or whatever it is throughout the week, uh, Nathan and I have discussed this and we'll be donating the money to a charity of your choice. So jump in, have your say, and hopefully we can win some coin. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. I think our first community team draft is nearly done. I think we're uh, just finalizing a couple of last picks in the bowlers and then that'll be the first draft done. So, uh, yeah, jump in the Discord, have your say, uh, have a vote and we can uh, hopefully do all right with that team. I think the NBL community team's actually doing okay as well in uh, NBL Supercoach. I think they're 200th. Yeah, they're easily in the top. I'll just check that now while we're here. Um, yeah, in the top 200. That's wild. So the community knows what they're doing, don't they? Mm, looking, yeah. uh, looking forward to getting into that with BBL as well. But mate, that that will do us. We'll we'll wrap this one up. Obviously, any questions or or anything around our teams or our thoughts on different players, drop them in the comments. We're more than happy to come back to you and answer them. We will do a bit of a Q and A before the season starts as well. So keep an eye out for that one. But we have some positional analysis pods coming up as well. So we're going to go through the wicket keeper, batsman, and bowler lines for Supercoach. And we're going to talk you through our kind of our must-haves, our cash cheapies, and our pods, our point of difference players. And that'll be a little bit of an interesting one because we'll be looking at guys that aren't heavily owned. So you might want to keep an eye out for that one and get a couple of pods in your team to set yourself apart. But we'll, those are coming in the next week and a half. 
And uh, But until then, thanks for watching, guys. Hit subscribe and hit like if you like the content and follow us and leave us a review if you're listening to us on audio. Until next time, you've been listening to an Insight BBL show. Catch you later. Catch gotcha. you.